Welcome to Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. Excited that you've joined us today. You're listening to one of our Dad Talk episodes. This is the one that comes out every Thursday where we talk to a dad about being a dad. Every Monday, we release a, a more traditional podcast episode that we do where we talk to an expert about something so that we can have a conversation about something that we should talk about. So you can check all those out wherever you're listening to the podcast or on PositivelyDad.com. And if you would, would you share the ones that you like with a friend? Would you rate us five stars? would be great. And, and comment on whatever platform that you're listening so that others can find out about Positively Dad. I started Positively Dad earlier this year as a resource for dads. My wife, Terry, and I have a seven-year-old. Her name's Naomi. And, you know, like you, my goal is to be the most amazing dad that I could possibly be. And there just aren't a lot of resources for us out there. And so, uh, you know, I went and decided I was going to start Positively Dad, have conversations with people. I get to learn and get better and, and, and pass that through to you so that you can also learn and get better. And today I'm really excited about our guest. His name is Micah Shrewsbury, and, and, and Micah is a dad of four and a really busy dad of four. He's a college basketball coach. In fact, he's an assistant coach right now at Purdue University for the men's basketball program. He had spent the previous six years as an assistant for the Boston Celtics. And that he, he had that opportunity with the Celtics after working with Brad Stevens for a while as an assistant at Butler. And, and so what we're going to talk about today is a little bit about what it's like to be a dad who's very, very busy, has a high-pressure job, who, who's moving around a little bit, right? He's been in Indianapolis, then he went to West Lafayette, then he went to Boston for six years, now he's back in West Lafayette. And, and so we're going to learn a little bit about what his life is like and, and just what we can learn from a dad who's busy uh, and also at the same time super engaged in what's going on in his family. So I'm really excited to have him on. Micah, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Okay, no problem. So now you uh, uh, have four kids. You've just spent uh, some time in the NBA over working for the Celtics, and we can talk about the Pacers series later. I'm, I'm a little upset about it. Um, and, and now you've left, and you're back at Purdue, and you're going to be coaching there. So tell us just a little bit about your story and your family. You know, it, it's, um, you know, my family is – a lot of people talk about family, and, and, you know, for me, family's like the most important thing. And every decision I make is, you know, has my family in mind first and foremost. And um, my wife, Molly, and I have – you know, we, we dated in high school. We went to junior and senior prom together. So uh, she knows everything about me, and she's probably the only person that could put up with me in this crazy world that, you know, that I work in. Uh, but, you know, she's the real general of our family, taking care of everything and um, just being there for our four kids. We have uh, Braden, who is 14, Nicholas, who's 12, uh, Caitlin, who is 10 and Grace, who is six. So that's the, that's the whole shrews crew right there. Yeah. And so now everyone's back in West Lafayette. Is that right? We are, we are, we're yeah. back together. We, we had about a month where we were apart uh, okay. when I came here to mm -hmm. Purdue. Uh, but now we're all back together and we're trying to get settled. And, you know, that's the hardest part is being unsettled and, not having a set routine and schedule, but we're getting closer and closer to it. And we have a few weeks now before school starts to get ourselves back, you know, acclimated to everything here in West Lafayette. Now, were they living in Boston with you when you were with the Celtics? 
Yes. Yes. And that's, yeah. you know, that's an important part of, um, I wouldn't have been able to do it, uh, you know, without the family there. And, and the Celtics have a great organization in terms of being family friendly. And that started, you know, from the top, from, you know, our owners, um, you know, Wick Grousebeck and uh, Steve Pagliuca are family-friendly, family-oriented. That goes right to Danny Ainge. That's who he is. He has his family around us, uh, around all the time. And, you know, that was one thing that he said to us was, you know, I want you to have your family around. So mm-hmm. we had a bunch of kids on staff with the Celtics, and they were around. They were on the court. They were around the guys. They are around the players. They were on the team playing, flying to different places, and that made it a, a very appealing opportunity is because of how welcoming everyone was. That's great. I've interviewed a lot of coaches and, and professional athletes as part of this podcast, and one theme I hear is that at some point the family goes, you know what, you can go and we're staying here. And, and so that seems to be pretty common that comes up. So it's great that your family has been with you, you know, basically the whole time as you've had different opportunities show up. Yeah. And we've moved around a lot. Um, you know, that's kind of part of the job of, of working your way up and trying to get to a certain position. Uh, but I don't, like I said, I, I probably wouldn't accept a job or go somewhere if the family wasn't all in and, and they weren't, you know, going to be a part of it and they weren't going to move with us. And, you know, I've been fortunate the last, 12 years I've worked for Brad Stevens and Matt Painter are the only two guys that I've worked for in the last 12 years. And they're how they are as people and how they treat my family. You know, I've been lucky because not everybody's like that. Not everybody that right. you work for is like that. And, um, and those guys wouldn't probably wouldn't allow um, the family not to be around or allow me not to be here without my family because they know, you know, you're, it's probably hard to focus, have your total focus on the job that you're doing um, when you're, when you don't feel complete or you don't feel whole. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, those are two of the most respected coaches in the business and, and they say you got to have your family around because we want you when you're here to be focused on your job. And then it sounds like when you're at home, they want you focused on being at home. That is. And, and that's, you know, that in college basketball and, you know, in basketball coaching in general, that's a hard thing to do is to really, you know, be focused when you're at home. You know, there's a lot of things pulling at you and the, and a lot of things of the job that, that you're trying to get to or you're trying to make sure you cover. But having that total focus on your family when you are at home, uh, being able to separate, you know, the work and your family life is that balance is really hard to reach and it's hard to maintain uh but it's something that i think is one of the most important things that you need to have yeah i'm sure of it so let's put your coach hat on for a minute because you've been coaching a long time and you know i imagine as you're going and sitting in living rooms i mean you've been on a recruiting trip just this last week i think and as you're going and sitting in living rooms i mean you're definitely looking for guys who can play basketball at a high level and who are great athletes and I'm also thinking, though, you're probably looking for more than that, right? That you're looking at mindset and and perseverance and and how they push themselves and and make things happen. How does that come into play when you're when your guys are building a team? You know what the the 
the culture piece of it, and a lot of people talk about the culture of different things about a building a team. And for us, you know, one of the things that we look at more than sometimes more than the, the what they do on the floor is how will they fit in our locker room? Um, how will they fit with the other guys around them? And, you know, we, we have a good thing going here at Purdue where we have really good guys and we have, you know, guys that are, you know, basketball is important to them, but also being a good teammate is important to them. Being a good student is important to them. And we want to continue to bring in guys that kind of fit that mold, that fit within our locker room. And, you know, trying to find that is hard. Like, you, you really got to work and, you know, do some background work and you got to dig in, you got to talk to people. Um, but that is is the one thing. Because I was here before and we didn't have that. Um, and we, you know, Coach Painter made a conscious decision to get back to, you know, taking high character guys. And, you know, he's really, you know, the program's taken off again because of that's what he's focused on the most. Yeah. So what, what are you looking for? What makes someone a high character guy? You know, it's, it's just small. I think, you know, everybody's going to say the right thing, you know, to your face. That that's you know it's easy for somebody to uh, be respectful and they're right in front of you or when they're talking to a college coach. But you know the things we look for is you know maybe we get to a game early and we watch we watch how they warm up, we watch how they interact with their teammates, you know before the game, we watch how they interact with their teammates within the game because there's there's high moments and there's low moments and there's tense moments. You know, how do they handle those, but how do they go about handling them within a team setting? Um, you know, what's what's their relationship like with their coaches? Uh, how are they, you know, how, how do they talk to their parents? Like, how do they respond to their parents or talk to their parents at different moments? And, you know, there are things that you try and, and look for, uh, but you also need to see it in good times and bad. And, you don't always get that. You don't always get to, to see those moments, but the more that you can dig in and you know, what, how a person responds in those moments um, is something that, that we like to do. You know, you're talking to not just the coaches that are going to say great things about them, or, you know, maybe you, you're going and talking to teachers or you're talking to somebody that works in the cafeteria that has you know, no real, um, bias towards someone or you know you never know how you find true character in people and how they treat people that can't help them. well uh, and then so, you find people that don't that don't have any sort of agenda as to whether or not this this kid plays you know big 10 yeah. basketball or not right right yeah so any kind of digging in and, and finding information like that and that's you know that's what we do in college, and that's what they do to an even greater level in the NBA. Right. No, I imagine Danny Ainge and all of you guys at Boston definitely had a system on making sure you got great players. In fact, they got a great one from Purdue, right? So the, um, you know, you're looking at all sorts of different things when it comes to high character. And that's you know those are things that they check off, and and those guys are working like nonstop throughout the calendar year, just 
finding out background information on players, who they are and how they would fit. Yeah. So I have a question then from a parent standpoint. And as a parent of four and you've got, uh, what, one teenager or two teenagers? Uh, one. One teenager and another one is about to be right. So, and you've yeah. got four kids, and 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 you've, you know, you've been coaching basketball at a high level for a long time, and and you know exactly what creates someone who is high character, can push through, is is kind to others, and and is succeeding academically and athletically. So, how do parents help create that? In other words, what's our role in in not only just because I guess I would imagine that you come into some families and that they know their kid is an elite athlete and yet the rest of it's missing. And then you go into some that their kid's a really good athlete and they've got all of it. What What's the difference in parenting between one and the other? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. Uh, those are kind of things that you want to, you know, everybody's working and striving to have you know, a son or daughter who who is approaching that level. And, you know, I, I'm still working at it every day to try and constantly teach and, um, you know, instill lessons in, in my sons and daughters. But, you know, like one of the things I talked about, just, just being kind and being respectful, um, doing those to not only the people that can help you, uh, just really everyone. Because you never know who's going to be who, who you're going to come across that down the line could be a factor in you going to one place or another. Um, you know, just those lessons, like small lessons like that, and then and then you know, how do you deal with adversity? Um, really trying to talk to them about their character and you know, staying in the moment and staying humble and moving on to the to the next thing, whether it's good or bad, uh, you know, you have to respond and you have to move on and just trying to instill small lessons like that. And, and, you know, whether good things or bad things happen, you, you still able to come, come to them after a game and put your arm around them and uh, really instruct them and talk to them on, Hey, here's what we can do better. Here's how we can change this or that. But, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still proud of you. I still love you. What's the biggest lesson you've learned as a dad? I think for me, um, you know, just the time of you know, being able to have a lot of time, like the, the face time with your kids is valuable. And as a coach who's, you know, our job is to travel and be gone a lot. And I've missed a lot of, you know, I've missed a lot of events uh, for these guys. And, you know, technology helps, you know, where now just you're not on the phone. You can FaceTime your family or you can talk to them and see them. But those moments when you get home, you have to be present in, in, the, in their lives. And, you know, that's one thing that I'm constantly trying to strive to get better at. But those moments are important. And you don't realize it until maybe later on. Uh, but when you're gone and then you get back, like spending that those little moments with, with your kids face-to-face, like no, no cell phones, no television, just face-to-face. 
And that's one thing my wife has been great at, you know, trying to have individual time with each kid. So we'll do individual dates where we just, hey, let's, you know, take out, let's, let's, you and I, or I'll take Braden to dinner today just to spend a few minutes together just talking and connecting and reconnecting. Yeah, because when you're saying FaceTime, you're saying real face to FaceTime, right? It's not necessarily real face. I mean, it's it's yeah. face to FaceTime. Yeah. And while you're on the road, you know, doing what you do that provides all the opportunity to your family, you want to connect as well. And thank goodness for technology to make it easier. And then when you're home, man, just get down and be home. That's what you're saying. That's it. That's yeah. it. You have to find moments to to leave work for a few moments. And I, I you know it's hard and, and people work really hard and do different things, but you have to find the moments to put the stuff down and, you know, be present with your family, be present with your children. And those moments are valuable. So I have a couple of more questions before we wrap up. And I thank you so much for your time. And and one of them is, I mean, you basically almost have a basketball team in your house, right? You got four kids. So you're just one short. Um, what have you learned from coaching and being around these young guys, whether it's been in college or the pros, that's helped you at home? Well, I, I think the one thing is you can't force things on your kids. So you can't force, you know, what you want to do or who you think they should be or what sports they want to do. Uh, you can't force that upon them. And, you know, because, you know, I've seen guys at the highest level who play basketball only because you know they're tall or because everyone's told them they should be playing basketball their whole lives and they don't really love it um yeah being able to introduce your kids to a lot of different things being able to let them enjoy their moments and not force their moments upon them and i think that instills the joy in them which is going to allow them to play longer if they want to, or which is, you know, when they have it within themselves that they truly love what they're doing, then they're going to want to continue to do it. They're going to want to continue to get better at it. And you're not pushing them into it and they're fighting back. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing that I see. You know, once you get to the highest levels, those guys really love the game and the yeah. guys that are playing it, and are at the highest level, they, they're doing it because they love it, not because somebody pushed them into it. And at the, at the youth age and at the young stages, you see it all the times with parents that are just really too involved. And, and I think it's, it's almost hurting their kids uh, because you want to make sure you're, the kids are doing it for the right reason. All right, so let's wrap up with this then. You, what 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 should a parent's involvement look like in in something like that? You know, we got whether it's they're playing basketball or they're an amazing you know dancer and they're going to go uh, you know and, and be in the New York City Ballet. What what should what should a parent's involvement look like to support and teach and be there for your kids and yet also let them figure it out? Yeah, I, I think the one thing is you want them to to be successful and you want them to do well. And some kids, that happens earlier than others. And to not get frustrated in those moments where, you know, it does take a little bit longer for some kids. I think, like I just talked about, if, if you have them, if you 
got if you're not pushing them you know really hard when they don't want to do it like make sure they're doing it you know because they want to do it um i think that's first and foremost and then you know you're not really kind of stepping over the boundaries in terms of how much you're doing things so hey i've I got you signed up for this, or I got you doing this and that. And, you know, sometimes you have to let them be a kid, you know, and their maturation process as a basketball player, or as a gymnast, or as a violin player, you know, it happens at different times. And there's no one that, you know, there, there are very few kids at eight, nine, 10 years old that that's who they become at you know, 18, 19, 20 years. So, you know, there's still a long time between uh, the process now as, as youth and kids to get to the high school college process where you're trying to earn a scholarship and, and go beyond college. So really taking those moments, not trying to push too hard, letting them mature at the rate that they mature. And then, like I said, at the end of the day, you're putting your arm around them and you're giving them a hug when, when the event is over and you tell them how much you love them and you appreciate their hard work and what they're doing and win or lose. Like I'm going to be here by your side. Well, coach, I appreciate it. I think you've offered a lot of advice to, to the dads who are listening. So thank you so much for taking the time and congratulations on your new opportunity. You're back home again in Indiana, as we would say. And so congratulations on your opportunity there and uh, good luck to the boilers this year. Uh, my dad is not you guys, so he probably won't listen to the podcast. So I'll tell you good luck <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't hear me say it. And, uh, and I do appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. Hope I you, hope I did you know, help somebody out. And, and, you know, like I said, I'm still constantly learning myself. So we all are, and, you know, let's, let's keep doing it and doing it the right way. And, you know, helping to build positive kids. And that's exactly the goal, right? Build positive families, positive kids through positively dad. And so I want to thank uh, coach Shrewsbury for joining us. And uh, there's a lot to learn there. And, and I trust that you got some value out of it as well. Are we supporting our kids? Are, are we giving them the right amount of push and then the right amount of love and, and just helping them, you know, live their best life? That's our job as parents. And I think that Micah shared that with us today. I want to thank you for listening. I trust that you get value out of these. Every Thursday, we release a conversation just like this. It's a dad talk. And, and if you would like to be on or know someone who would like to be on as a dad talk, then email me. Let me know. James at PositivelyDad.com. Then on Mondays, we have our more traditional podcast where we just kind of interview an expert about something to help us grow as, as parents and as partners and as men. And, and so I trust that you'll get some value out of those too. If you would, follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Positively Dad. And then if you would, oh my gosh, this would be the best thing. Would you rate us? Five stars, please. And, and leave a comment about Positively Dad on whatever platform that you're listening so that others can find out about us. The, the growth that we have seen in our listeners over the last month and a half has just been amazing. And so I want to thank all of you who have joined us on this journey. We've done 20-something episodes, so you can go back in time and listen to them as well. And uh, we'll continue to add more value to you as well throughout the coming weeks. Thanks again for listening to Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.